San Francisco takes steps to avoid projected future budget deficits. The economy is booming, so why are so many California schools broke? Liberal plans extend health care to illegals, placing them on par with U.S. citizens. That's what's coming up in this week's episode of California Streaming. You're listening to the California Streaming Podcast with Bobby, Jonathan, and Louie. We're just three conservative friends trying to provide some counterbalance in one of the most liberal states in the union. So let's hop on our magic choo-choo train to nowhere and talk some California politics. We're back for another one. We are back. We made it to 32. Louis was rocking out during the intro. He's giving us some fist pumps. It, get, mm. it gets you hyped up for some amazing news. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for telling friends. We're growing. We're going to be bigger than ever this coming year. Slowly but surely, mm-hmm. new websites coming along. That'll allow us to reach out with the people more and uh, actually post like the information we have in the data. Kind of cool. Yeah. We're not just making it all up. It no. comes from somewhere. Like the bills in Sacramento. Right. These have these have actually some history to them and make sense. All right. Take us away, Bobby. All right. We're catching up with a whole bunch of things California's throwing at us, so we're probably going to be a little behind going forward. But here we go. From the San Francisco Chronicle, and if you, my computer will keep up with me, San Francisco takes steps to avoid a projected future budget deficit. Of $644 million. Yikes. Deficit? Mm. They don't have a surplus? <laughs> that was Gavin Newsom's baby. I'd figure they'd have a surplus. And by Feinstein's now. baby and Pelosi's baby. Oh, wait a minute. Okay, here we go. After years of robust economic growth, a troubling mix of rising employee costs, voter-approved budget set-asides, and costly state-mandated policy shifts have begun to outpace the city's general fund revenue, the primary source of the city's discretionary spending. On Friday, and this is a while back ago, city economists and budget officials released a five-year financial plan forecasting the city's revenues and expenses for the roughly $5.5 billion general wow. fund. Those expenditures are projected to grow by around $1.4 billion over the next five years a 25% increase from the 2018-19 fiscal year. That's the London number. Brood. That's the number that blew me away. I mean, it shouldn't blow me away, but 25% increase. I'm just, you know, you no. start to put that in the context as we do on this show a lot of private businesses, the marketplace. You don't get to grow typically in a business 25% for your expenditures unless like you right. kind of figured out the revenue side to support that type of expenditure no that's crazy well we're we're talking about san francisco where it just rains money you know it just never stops pouring in and whatever they don't get tourism tourism will save the day yeah but now you got apps to help people avoid feces on the sidewalk. So how much tourism is there going to be going? They're probably going to tax that pretty soon. Feces? Mm, the app I was going with, no. but yeah, feces. Who knows? That's... No, go ahead. Okay. Uh, something came up to me, and I was reading an article. Um, Breed is banking on using uh, 
some extra money from 100, $181 million of funding from an unexpected windfall from the State Educational Revenue Augmented Fund, ERAF, from late last year to pay for at least some of the remaining um, promised homeless shelter beds. Oh, man. So she's taking money that they ended up getting for education, and she's shifting it to the homeless situation because she promised. She promised no more homeless people in San Francisco. So it's just a big shell game. I mean, it always has been, but... Yep, that's right. A lot of city leaders... Perfect. uh, ...decided to call her out on it, and they're going, wait a minute. Come on, what are you doing? You're just, you know, you're just shifting money around, like you said, the shell game, and said, we have real problems, and we need real solutions. You're not supposed to take windfalls, excess money, and pay for your pet projects. I read this to me, the mentality... There, I think it was, uh, I forget the, 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 the person in the mayor's office that, that said this quote. Uh, quote, it should be manageable for the city with appropriate attention. What, the, what does that even mean? We just need, th- th- this sounds like verbiage that you hear all, we just need to get focused. Right. And if we focus on the problem, the solution will be. But then I always itself. say, why haven't you been focused? I, do we need to remind listeners, we just looked at the 1988 California Voters Guide. Right. The same stuff was in there. 30 years ago. That's a lot of time to focus. There's the same ballot measures from 88 to 218. 2018. You'd That's think crazy. you could you could give appropriate attention, quote unquote, in At a 30-year span. At some point. And you had you had a ton of revenue during dot-com. You had revenues in the mid-2000s. If it was a business, though, and I came to you and I said, hey... I need more money to do this, you know, because if, if I put my mind to it this time, it'll get solved. Wouldn't you say, what'd you do with my money the past 10 years? Absolutely. And I, you know, I wasn't focused, but now I'm going to get, trust me, I'm going to get focused right now. <laughs> <laughs> Never. Like, how dare you? That's not how we operate around here and not especially in California. Because it's just getting worse. It hasn't been at the, the same. <laughs> Maybe they've never taken the focus dial to an 11. But but why? Because <laughs> they needed more money. The real issue, of course, for any city here in California, and many cities across the nation, is the problem with pensions. They're eating right. up the budget. Uh, yeah. For years and years and years, and we've spoken about this many times on the show, the cities weren't putting money into the pension system because, well, they gave them... Uh, the times are good. Times are good. Well... Times are still good, and now you gotta you gotta pay the piper here. And guess what? San Francisco ain't got the money. They kind of forgot about that part, right? No, and a lot of people don't have the money. I mean that that's the elephant in every muni budget. You know, on every totally. dais is totally the the lack of money for the millions of dollars in unfunded liability and and pensions. To which point, let's go back to a private business. And the mechanisms that exist for that business, when they need more money, they go to a bank, and the bank is assessing, okay, you're asking me for a loan, what's the likelihood that this all gets paid back? Right. Th- that 
they've obviously found in these scenarios that mechanism is broken, doesn't exist. They don't have to play by those rules. Correct. So. All the while, every union is asking for more money for just regular everyday wages. Right. I mean, except for, of course, the police and the firefighters who have separate unions from the regular contract labor. Well, even that, I mean... They still have their demands as well. Well, it doesn't even... You're... Yeah, I, well, okay, contract labor, I guess. Are you talking I'm about... I'm talking like, about like... Like contracts and things? And, yeah, oh, well... Yeah. But even then, it's not like there's just a union for them. Like a lot a lot of times they join other unions in the city, even if they're kind of loosely... Like they might join IBW just oh, because that is the bigger labor organization in a city. Interesting. And it will take them on. Like, so it's not like... A lot of places have just the office staff union. They might be folded into another trade in the city. But yeah, I mean, because at the same time, wages do need to go up. And there is... So the the pension thing is when you retire. But then when you're working the 30 years, you do want regular raises like anybody else would want. I mean, mm-hmm. so there is two things going on at once. I mean, it is a cost of living thing. And guess what? San Francisco is very expensive. Well, and you ha- you it's it's kind of like a competitive marketplace. I mean, if you get more money at a different city, then you go to the other city. You know what I mean? So in that, governments are competing with themselves for cool. the best employees. That's cool. You know? Yeah. So it's a hard one to... It's a hard one because it is other people's money you're spending, right? It's a taxpayer. Okay, I got another guessum for you guys. A rate. Go for it. So I'm not really, to be honest with you, I'm not exactly sure what they mean by personnel costs for each city employee, but let's just say per, city employee costs. Um, over the past decade, according to the Mayor's Office of Public Policy and Finance, so I'm not really biased, what multiple or what relative to inflation just standard inflation how much do you think the personnel costs for each city employee grew over, over what period over of the time? past decade you oh. want a percentage yeah give me a percentage oh it's probably gone up 100% <laughs> pretty good guess <laughs> double inflation which is the, to me i mean enjoying numbers in finance it's always a great marker right and there's a really popular i wish we had the website so we could publish this there's a really popular chart going around mm mm-hmm that shows the cost of various goods and services out there. And it shows, and it's like over the last 30 years, and it shows the line of inflation. Right. And then it shows the relative lines. People have probably seen it. Basically, everything above the inflation line, so those items that have risen faster than inflation, almost every single one of those has a direct hand influence, whatever you want to call it, with government involvement. And oh, all okay. the things below the inflation line are pure market uh, uh, private businesses. Right. Well, people that say capitalism doesn't work, it's because all they've ever seen is kind of a, a raped version of it. Correct. Because of government's involvement. Correct. In but you no, know, I, I, I think, I think double inflation's about right on that. Schools I mean, are about that, right? Yeah. If you take the historic, uh, just public education. If you take the historic inflation of three and change or high twos easily four year colleges in California, public universities, the cost of them has gone up seven plus percent annualized double. Right. 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 Well, it's even, why? even going to a Cal state now, 
Oh, yeah. It, it's it's not that much different than a UC. I mean, they've got and academically they've kind of gotten the lines gotten a little more skewed. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cuz it used to be more trade-ish and then more yeah. research institutions and even that has started to blur. All the kids want the folklore I, uh, literature degrees. So. With with San Francisco's deal though, you know, we talk about the high cost of living up there all the time. And if you work for, say, City Hall, where do you live if you do want to pay them, you know, below market average or whatever? Let's say it's a great question. Say, give everyone a give everyone a, a a cut in their pay. Okay, let's just like play with that hypothetical, or even uh, zero. Or even we zero. keep it keep it, keep it equal, right? Right. Where where do they live? Where can they live in the city unless they have to commute in and out? And then why wouldn't you just work somewhere else? Right. You know that's the problem. These like Beverly Hills and things. You know th- theirs is more of a flip. That they, they are just a more affluent area. So homes or mansions, you're having to live pretty far out and drive in. Montecito's like that. You know. Yeah. It, yeah. There's just wait until McKesson leaves for Texas pretty right, soon. Right. So the you know, there's there's that part of it too. Okay, let's pay them zero dollars. Okay, but you can't survive in that city unless right. you're getting paid well. Right. Feces on the ground. And on that note. Well, we were talking about it a little bit and it comes into our next uh topic. If the economy is booming, why are so many California schools so broke? And this comes from the Fresno Bee, uh, facing a $36 million deficit and a possible state takeover, the top budget officer at the Sacramento City Unified District has a sober message for his counterparts around California. Sacramento is just one of the first dominoes, says John Quinto, the district chief business officer. By any measure, Sacramento City's distress is worse than any than the vast majority of California school districts. He's just kind of overlaying and saying, guess what? All the school systems are broke and they need more money. And I believe Los Angeles just went on strike. The teachers union just went on strike. Yeah, there was an article about that. You bet. And why not? It's for the kids. Sure. We've talked about this with schools, though. How does more money solve the problem? Where is the current money going? It's not going to the classroom. I, 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 this is what I, I, I come down on education administrators. You have all these administrators. You have, what was the stat? We had an old episode about some school stuff. There's one administrator to every teacher. That's, I, I know you're not that's lying, crazy. but that seems really hard to believe. That's I'm sure crazy. it's true, but well, here's the that, other stat for you. Every child, you know, we do the math how much education costs, how many children there are. Right. It comes out to about $11,000 per child that we're spending. Now, you, you look at it and go, oh, well, $11,000 is not very much for a single child's education, but when you put them in a classroom of 25 students, guess what? It's pretty close to about a quarter of a million dollars per classroom. Well, when you look at your ROI and going back to episode 31, the last episode, we said, what, 30% of kids actually graduate or get some kind of degree at community college? Yep. So then you're filtering out of the schools, your your high schools, and then you're going into college. And we'll just say the kids that go into community college 
only 30% of that even finish. So, so what is causing that problem? Is wow. more money going to make more kids graduate? Is it a lack of money that is making them not graduate? Like I, I'm having a problem making that connection. I mean, there's kids in yurts in Africa that are doing great in school, right? With a dirt floor. Yeah. I, I don't get, even our worst schools aren't bad schools here. Right. I mean, like in terms of facilities, okay, the building's not beautiful or whatever, but they're not like in danger. No, I was thinking about, you know, the 11,000 and I was going like, if I had 25 students, I could pay a teacher half the money and still have, you know, $125,000 to play with for the school's That's the thing, needs. right? So, so electricity, yeah, drop in the bucket. Pay the teacher really well. Let's uh-huh. say, like, right? That's yeah. what you're getting. Yeah, like a hundred thousand. I easy. still have a sp- a spread of dough to that yeah. goes where, and I, that's to your point. Louis. I could rent a well, facility, do a whole bit. Well, I I want to know how money it. fixes the problem, though, because what we're saying is that material things are why kids aren't excelling, right? Because that's what money is going to get you. Are are you saying the teachers aren't good? And if you had more money, you could get better teachers. You wouldn't that's say obviously the teachers not what, suck, right, and that's obviously right? not what they're saying, right? And so you're saying, okay, w- what is the money going to get you though? Do they need a, a bright, shiny building. Is that what will make kids learn better? Because the scores are awful. He, he, here's, I think, here's you alluded to it earlier, Bobby. But here's where it goes. Th- this is from. Um, I think this is from the Fresno Bee article. A pledge by Assembly Democratic leadership to help schools pay their rising pension bills which could take the form of a direct payment to the state's two largest pension funds or unrestricted funding boost for school districts. And guess who is guess who included this last month in their goal when they previewed the party's objectives for upcoming budget negotiations? Take a guess. Our savior, Gavin Newsom? Oh, that was a good guess. <laughs> but the other guy, we just talked about him. He's a oh, genius. King. Mr. Ting. <laughs> this guy champions a lot of awesome This guy's stuff, the best. So basically... You're right, Louis, and, and, but but they're now not even making it. They're, they're, they're not even trying to put a facade up. Right. We just want more money to directly dump into the pension program. Well, I was going right. to pile on top of that because I, I naturally assumed you were going to go with Gavin Newsom because he came out with his proposed budget for California. Here and it's we not go. law yet. Here we go. But he included $3.5 billion as a direct payment course. to the teacher's pension fund. Of course. But- when you here comes the statistics, here comes the numbers. Three billion is just a drop in the bucket. Well, yeah, that's nothing because we owe them two hundred and fifty-seven billion dollars, baby. Unfunded liabilities. Unfunded right? Oh no, liabilities. right? Three billion dollars, like that's nothing. Five will get you a wall. Oh, good point. There you go. Do you think he'd uh, help support that, Gavin? Nah, oh. no, absolutely not. He doesn't think we have a problem here. No, of course not. That's crazy. Well, what are you thinking? That's crazy talk, really. So, no money for the schools? Is that your official position, well, Bobby? Let them no, go broke. It's always my position to burn it all down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, why not rethink what we're doing here? Okay. This is the Common guy who core. just had a, a, a strike team for the DMV. Thanks, <laughs> you know, he's got to figure out what's wrong with the DMV. Everything. Everything. Speaking of burning it down. Well, we need a new way of thinking. We need a new way of doing things. And you know what? It just, we keep 
treating the voucher system as this evil entity. No, no, no. It's just like the border stuff. Everyone knows you need a border. They're afraid of the repercussions of putting a border up. Same thing with the vouchers. Everyone knows vouchers are a good idea. The problem is, is was the fallout you're going to get when people can vote where they want to go. Right. They're not going to go. That's the problem. To these crappy schools or institutions That's or whatever. The they're they're going to go to better places, and you're going to have a certain subsect of schools that end up getting everybody, and the schools we all know are going to get nobody. You know. And that's what they're afraid of. Right now, they can control you with your utility bill unless you choose to go to private school. A voucher will turn the whole thing on its head. Well, it's not necessarily like you go, okay, well, I live in L.A. and I'm going to send my kid to the fancy school in San Francisco. It's no, Not no, the no. idea. No, but, but if you've got 10 schools in an area and yeah. one's better than the other nine, everyone's going to put their money into one. Or it forces the other schools. No. Okay. Was that just a bridge no, too far? because they don't... Government doesn't compete. Exactly. Because it, th- it thinks it's great. It takes these people a long time to realize they suck and they got to up their game. You, you see this just on local government. These cities that have nothing going on for them, but their city councils think it's the greatest town in the world. And you're like, this place is Loserville. There's no income. There's a ton of debt. And you want to hang on to the 1960s of when it was the golden time in your town. These schools, like Stockton, yeah, these schools are the same thing. It's or like uh, we don't have a problem. We don't have a problem. Oh, if they only got rid of vouchers, we'd be fine. It takes a lot to actually up your game, you know. And I think you'd see fallout in vouchers. I think they're a great idea, but everyone knows what it's going to get you. We're going to finally see where the crappy schools are. How about charter schools? Well, you've got a lot of charter schools, though, kind of in ghetto areas now. Yeah, but you see the lines when they open one up and they all the parents go, I want my kid there. Because it's the new big thing. If no one's seen it, I, I, I thought the movie was pretty decent, The Waiting for Superman. Sure. I haven't right. seen it. Yeah, and I, so, so here's what blew my mind, is to find out that it was directed by the same guy who directed An Inconvenient Truth. Oh, okay. So you're... When I found that out, you, you realize, well, this guy certainly doesn't have a conservative bias when he made the movie. Right. But it, so knowing that a, a liberal made the movie makes it even a little more powerful. Oh, cool. I'll have to watch they it. They don't really pull punches in that. And they talk about these very issues, the lines, the waiting lists for, for charters, parochial schools, the butt. You start talking about $11,000, $12,000, $13,000 per year per student. Right. You're at a private, you're really close to private education. Oh, totally. Which yeah. doesn't get any money. I mean, it's all, yeah. Well, when I when I went to private Catholic high school, back then it was, it was like six grand a semester, or six grand a year. There you go. Right? So. Double it even. Now. Double it even. Double it. Because it's, yeah, it's probably closer to 10, 11, 12 now. So. I bet their inflationary curve looks a lot closer to general inflation than the public schools. It has to. It's a private business. Yeah, and and they also give out a ton of financial aid. I mean, I think 70% of the schools on financial aid in some sort. Got it. But even then, my cousin was looking at Catholic high school for her kids coming up, and even if you got the... uh, It's curved based on how much need you you need. But even if you needed max need, it was only like three grand a year you got. 
I got it. It, it okay. wasn't super. They weren't covering your whole tuition. <laughs> no. yeah. Right. It yeah. wasn't super assisted, but it was better than nothing. Yeah. Well, let me throw one more thing at you before we go to the next topic. And last year we had an assembly bill and uh, Jerry Brown, he vetoed it actually because he was actually concerned oh, about the yeah. budget. Yeah. And it was Assembly Bill 39, ah, yes. uh, which would have raised the spending of education by $35 billion. Which is like a 50% increase, right? It was it was pretty hefty. It was pretty hefty. But I'm looking at, you know, the budget now and what the proposed was. Yeah. Uh it it, it it's pretty hefty right now, baby. We're the looking, Newsom budget. The Newsom the, budget. The, the, the I new mean, Gavin budget. We're at we're at 58 right now. Okay. okay. We are only raising uh the percentage of 1%. You know, okay. It's, it's nothing. That's it's, kind of know, a miracle. But if if we had gone with Assembly Bill thirty nine, of course, it would have raised it to like seventy eight billion dollars. Wow! There you go. And that won't Enter be Gavin and, Newsom, and, and and that won't be enough. It's right? never enough. That's the thing. That won't be enough. If you, it's kind of like climate change. If you can tell me what the right temperature is for the Earth, and what the target is for all this stuff. I still would think it's all a lot of junk, but right. at least you're setting, they're, they're never going to draw a line. No. That's no, the whole yeah. point. And so on education, okay, how much per pupil? Well, we just don't know. We just you don't know. We, know. Just, we just keep reassessing. Well, dude, we just don't know. <laughs> oh, but, you know, Gavin Newsom is over here touting that we're going to have a $25 billion surplus in revenue. And then the bean counters in Sacramento, they came out and go, no, we're probably going to be five billion shorter than we thought mm-hmm. projected. No way. Well, you know, we had that little downturn of the stock market in December. Everyone freaked. Everybody freaked out. And then a little it rallied bit. on Monday, mm-hmm. on that, that next Monday. <laughs> it's true. But uh, we live and die by 64,000 high income earners here in the state. And when the stock market goes down, their income suffers, and our income suffers. Jerry Brown got it. He was honest enough to say it. I don't think the people that are in there now even want to even want to think about no, that. They don't get it. Why Actually. would they? All right, here we go. Last segment, and of course, it has to do with our pal Gavin Newsom. He's the best. He's the best from Fox News. Evil. Newsom pushes sweeping new California health care plan to help illegal immigrants prop up Obamacare. Surprised they went with the illegal immigrants parts a little. Hmm. Yep. Shortly after he took office on Monday, California's Democratic governor, Gavin Newsom, unearthed an unprecedented new health care agenda for his state aimed at offering dramatically more benefits to illegal immigrants and protecting the embattled Affordable Health Care Act, which the, a federal judge recently struck down as unconstitutional. The sweeping proposal appeared destined to push California's already one of the nation's most liberal states even further to the left as progressive Democrats there won a veto-proof supermajority in the state legislature in November and control of all statewide offices. People's lives, freedom, security... The water we drink, the air we breathe, they all hang in the balance. What a Gavin load. Newsom. What a load. 
All hang in the balance. All hang in the balance. Guy's so dramatic. I loved it. Did you guys catch his um, his inauguration speech? Nope. Yeah, I think we played part of it on. We opened up part of it the show. Yeah, yeah. So, oh no, we we opened up with his uh, his winning night. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's not right. the inauguration. No, no, not the inaugural. Um, somebody came out there and they started ranting right before he got into his "Let's give illegal immigrants uh, free health care." Right, and it was about immigration, about the walls, about his, you know, his stance on the entire subject matter. He can't. They they have to follow through with this mindset. And promise and promise and promise. I believe the statistic came out, and you'll have to remind me what exactly it was. I believe it was we are being over budgeted $155 billion by illegal immigration every year. I don't know wow. if that statistic was, I'm trying to remember. Do you have a site for that? Oh, I'm going to have to find the site. But I believe that was part of the conversation. You know, everybody's throwing statistics out there. Fake news. Fake news. We get charged a lot from illegal immigration because they take advantage of state uh, budgeted items. All the well, why wouldn't you? Why, why not? Like, I don't blame anybody. I mean, why wouldn't you take advantage of free stuff if you're eligible for free stuff? Why not? Right. No, no. Uh, there's an infinite demand for a free good. Well, I mean, it's just true. And Milton Friedman makes that point, right, where you can have... Um, you can have open borders or you can have a welfare state, but you can't have both. You got it? I think so. Uh, at least he, this is, this is Milton talking, Uncle Milt talking about the 19th century immigrants and opportunity. You had a flood of immigrants of millions of them coming to this country. What brought them here? It was the hope of a better life for themselves and their children. And in the main, they succeeded. It is hard to find any century in history in which so large a number of people experience so great an improvement in the conditions of their life, in the opportunities open to them, as the period of the 19th and early 20th century. So this clip doesn't, doesn't state it specifically, but what you're talking about, Louis, and then he goes on right after this clip in the same speech to say, but all this only works nowadays if, if this sort of immigration remains illegal. Right, right. Because the minute you have it become legal immigration and give away all this stuff, then the game is a certain right. Like you can give away a bunch of free stuff, but then you got to be selective about who you're going to let in because you obviously (laughs) you say it obviously, but people don't get that. You You obviously can't feed everybody. Yeah, I I think that we've talked about this on the show. Not to get too econy here for a second, but it's all about the it's all about valuing scarce resources. Nearly everything that we interact with in our daily life ha- it has a scarcity to it. Some things are just, they're barely scarce. We have, right. we have almost as much of it as we need. Other things are incredibly scarce. That's where pricing mechanisms come into place, is valuing based on the supply, the demand, the scarcity of that good and service, what should be the price. What these people want to do is act like nothing is scarce, and thus destroy all pricing mechanisms for everything given out. Healthcare being a great one. It's like they think, well, a couple of things. They think there's as many doctors as we'll ever need. 
And B, the, the other part of healthcare that, that no one ever talks about is you realize you're essentially forcing doctors to do things against, uh, you're, you're severing contracts that they might have otherwise made and you're right. forcing them to do a job right. with single pair. But people never talk about that aspect and the aspect of the doctors. But, but, but backing up, this is all about the breaking of the natural marketplace valuation of scarce goods and services. And they just want to pretend scarcity doesn't exist. And if scarcity doesn't exist, then anything we've got, anyone can have in any quantity they want. Isn't that what we've got right now? Right. You know, my parents are uh, small business owners and they always joked for years and said, you know what? If we were really dishonest people, we'd just go to the free clinic and tell them we're illegal immigrants. Right. And get healthcare for free. Right. All you want. Unlimited. Just do it. But unfortunately, they have a habit of telling the truth and of having morals. Yeah, it's terrible. No, it, it it's true. You know, it's funny as we say, like we artif- we artificially pump up things like minimum wage, right? We, yep. we, we're giving a baseline value to what your labor is worth. Yep. Imagine if we treated the stock market like that. Like you'd never think of that. In fact, you could That's be right. thrown in jail for manipulating the price of stock. That's right. And we say that stock is derived from selling something and right. somebody then telling you what they're willing to buy it for. That's right. And then we have a stock price. That's exactly right. And and we would say that if you manipulated that in any way, people do get thrown in jail for that. As they that, should. That's, that's the SEC. Yes. That's, that's, right. that's their job. That's right. Uh, but then we take everything else in the marketplace and we let the government come in and manipulate what the true value and cost of it is. Exactly. And basically act as if we're in a world for the things that they want to give away. Oh, those just happen to be things that the pricing mechanism that would otherwise occur is wrong. It's almost like the stock market's the last bastion of I, I told where, where what you want to sell something, what I want to buy it for actually works. There's no question. Well, it is pure market dynamics. You think this thing's worth a penny less than I do. We're going to have a transaction. Right. Thanks. Done. Gavin Newsom's on a power trip right now, and he's going to go for uh, uh, price limits. Price limits for all all items that are uh, medicine category, if you will. But Wow, that's phenomenally stupid. I mean, this is what the European Union does. Right. They have price controls. But what they don't realize is that when you cut the price and you force a company to operate at a loss, they got to get it from somewhere. And where do they get it from? Usually us. Yeah, this is the Scrooge McDuck theory that I've stated before. People raise minimum wages. They raise taxes on small businesses. As if these businesses have a vault of coins in the back that they just get to swim through every day. And all you're doing is lowering that the size of that vault and the quantity of coins in the vault. They're not going to change anything else about their business because they just have a ton of extra cash in the back. Right, right. I mean, like, where where are these, you know, healthcare providers going to raise the rates now? Because not everybody has a quality of life equal to the United States. Europe being one of them, and they've instituted price controls, and so have other countries. It just continues to be amazing how there is zero desire, ability. Well, it all comes back to to electability and power and control, but the total ignorance to any secondary and tertiary effects 
for the implementation of these sorts of ideas and policies. Right. But they just want the power and control. I mean, that's the bottom line. It has to be. There, there are some dumb people in Sacramento and Congress. There's not that many dumb people. In, there, there's a lot of dumb people. <laughs> yeah. But. I don't know if I'd make stats. <laughs> <laughs> At least 30%. At least. We got some tweets? We got some tweets. Let's see here. Can I start off with a, a, a an oldie but a goodie? Our sure. friend James Woods. Yeah. So this Rashida Tlaib, Tlaib I'm, I'm bad with names, this, this, the new congresswoman, instead of listening to Trump's rant, which will most likely include many falsehoods, I think I'll take some time to read this. She's showing some book that I'm sure would totally enlighten me if I read it. James Wood says, You'd eh, be woke. Yeah, I would be woke. Uh, James Wood says, eh, You know, try reading the Constitution. Not that it would help. That nah, would not. Our good buddy, James Woods. I got one from Trump. Mm. The Trumpster. Dear Diary. Oh. That's it. Oh, that's it. That one was as Jim Acosta. As Jim Acosta posted his little video at the, at the border wall saying there's no issues. And Trump just retweeted it with, Dear Diary. There we go. He, so, he's the meme in chief. Oh, that guy. The ship poster in totally. chief. That guy here, mastered here, it. Here's one. It's more of a, let's hear what you guys got to say. Um, this one came from, and it's the person who's responding. It's, uh, I live in Florida, which has not expanded Medicaid. My son waited over a decade before being added, and many more are currently languishing on the wait list. Responding was Alyssa Milano. Ooh. This is what healthcare looks like for millions of America. This is why we need to stop defending the ACA. Hmm? That, there's a twist on that. There's a twist. <laughs> Just a little twist. Interesting. I, I got a... Uh, yeah. I'm going to try to read it in the Bernie voice. Okay, go for Air it. Air traffic controllers... Got paychecks for a total. I can't do it for a total of zero dollars today because of Trump's government shutdown. This is a crisis, Mr. Trump. Stop holding our federal employees hostage as political pawns. Open the government now. The fact that this guy is telling who should and shouldn't be held as pawns for political—that's uh, kind of funny. This one's funny because I got one from Pelosi on the same thing. Oh boy, air traffic controllers have incredibly stressful jobs keeping us safe, but federal ATCs aren't getting paid during the shutdown. The House already voted to fund the FAA this week. It's time for the Senate to do the same. How dare you? Everyone's going for this, the fear of planes falling out of the sky. Let's attack millionaires and billionaires next. I got one more here from right. Gavin. Oh, great. Great. He uh, vowed Thursday that thousands of federal workers in California who are furloughed in the partial government shutdown will be made quickly eligible for unemployment insurance, urging them to apply for the benefit immediately. Interesting. Good. I got no more. I'm out. Leave it alone. I think it's interesting that he's going to give them state unemployment insurance for their federal jobs. Classic. They're furloughed. There's no... There, we obviously live it did, in an age Did you give voter uh, approval for that? State legislature's cool with it? <laughs> we'll find out, we probably. Li- we live in an age where there is no right. There is no wrong. What do you feel like doing in the moment? I don't care what the laws say because my idea of morality trumps all laws. That's where we're at. There we go. I think that's all we got. Thanks. So. It's a short one this time, but short episode. Short and sweet. All right, guys. New episode next week. 
Uh, catch us on Apple iTunes and the Google Store. What do you want them to do, Bobby? Well, I want them to tell their friends so that we get a higher uh, listener count. And then what do you want the mob to do? And then we're going to burn it all down. Awesome. There it is. Bye-bye.